Hope FM, proud broadcast partners of Community Action Network, providing professional and practical support to the voluntary sector in Bournemouth, Christchurch and Poole. See how CAN is helping communities flourish over at can100.org. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, welcome to Community Now and to my special guest. Well, I'd say my special guest. He's my special guest every month. That's Hannah Rees, who's the engagement officer with CAN. And CAN is a community action network. Hello, Hannah. Good morning. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. It's lovely. Because uh, I was on holiday when you brought the gang in uh, last month as mm-hmm. well. And, uh, and I think we've both been... Well, you've been to Stockholm, haven't you? Yes, we had the... Um, yeah, we visited a few different cities in Sweden. It was wonderful. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now, obviously, um, you you select the community hero of the month uh, every month, and uh, at the end of July, it's uh, the day of friendship. So, during the day of friendship, I, I take it that all the other days we were sort of not really very friendly to you, so but you know we're, we're sort of a, you know. I Please don't let that be your takeaway message from this. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely not. But there is this one special day uh, where we can be extra special. It's an international day. Uh, it just to bring. To to light how we can be friends with the people we know and I think what we've gone for with the group that's been selected this month is reaching out the hand of friendship to people who need it whether or not they you know them absolutely well I'm looking forward obviously I'm not saying the name of the group because I'm leaving that uh, to you but tell us what's been happening recently in the world of can very busy we've been continuing to support local voluntary and community sector groups across BCP and Dorset. We had a busy June with Small Charity Week with some free training led by our senior advisors on how to get fundraising, how to run your charity legally. Um, And we also had some very successful and well-attended volunteer fairs. Now, those volunteer fairs, I've never been to one, but they they sound fabulous because that's where everybody, well, a number of organisations display what they do and, and and then I guess it's a way in which people can recruit. Yeah. Absolutely. They were very well attended. We had three different fairs, one in Bournemouth, Christchurch and one in Poole. They um, had between them 55 different organisations had stands at the different events and people could drop in at any time during the the days and go make a beeline for the charity that they wanted to um, volunteer for and just as importantly go and meet people and find out what they do because it's a great way to to spread the word. Yeah, what we ought to do, you know, in a future programme is we ought to get some of the people who've actually been to one of those fairs uh, and ask them to tell us about what the day was like for them and and of course about the organisations that they discovered. That would be really help, really, really great. And I think we'll get the volunteer team in at some point because I talk about it um, every month, but there's three or four different strands to Can's work. And my wonderful job is to meet people, find out what they do and celebrate and spread the word and help them make connections. But we do have a dedicated volunteer hub who uh, know everything there is to know about recruiting, retaining volunteers and um, supporting people who might want to take those first steps. And I think that people are pretty much amazed at the number of voluntary organisations that are out there and the amazing work 
like the organisation that you're going to talk to us about in a moment. I've never heard of, the, of oh. this particular project, uh, but I have read up a little bit about uh, about what they do, and it sounds very exciting. Uh, uh, engaging uh, with a number of different people. That's it. There in fact, they're in the studio here with a smile on their face, and they, it looks as if they enjoy what they do as well. And they keep taking pictures, but that's fine. Yes, we, um, I have noticed. <laughs> we are there's seven and a half thousand ish not-for-profit groups across the whole of the county and we can highlight one a month but we also spread the word through our newsletters and social media so Community Action Network is the place to visit if you want to find out about a a charity or a not-for-profit find out what they offer get your family involved find some support for your family um, at there is, there's nothing that isn't covered, I'm going to boldly say. Um, there will be a group who does something for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when it comes to, uh, you know, making a choice, uh, how, how do your organisations, do they put their names forward? Do mm-hmm. you make it known, you know, what you're looking for in any particular month? And then the how do the organisations, people listening to us as part of different organisations, mm. how do they apply on any one month to be the community hero? Well, we encourage as many not-for-profits as possible to join Community Action Network. And it's free to join, Totally free. And all the support and advice with volunteering and fundraising and uh, legal advice and meeting me and talking about what you do and then spreading the word, it's all free. Um, We're a fantastic growing team. I think there's about over 20 of us. And we are here for our members. So we do encourage groups to visit the website, which is, if you type in CAN100... Then you will find us and we are, as I say, a local charity and our job is to support other groups. So we have a membership and we decide on the theme. So we selected International Friendship Day and we asked our members to pitch if they felt that that was something that their organisation were successful at work were and um, then the CAN team have the very difficult decision. They have to vote. They have to. They vote. have to vote. So it's not my decision; it's the team's decision. So it's one man, one vote in the team, mm-hmm. and it's a big team. Yes, and the winner is um, is is advised or told the week before, and then there's a flurry of excitement and uh, preparation. Absolutely, and then to the, come on the radio, and then of course, absolutely. Well, it's been great actually because I've learned a lot about a lot of different organisations because of of the partnership that we have, which is which is really fantastic. Right. Yeah. And I guess it's also great to be able to encourage because I guess it's one thing doing really good work in the community it's a totally different thing making that known Uh, and there's a lot of excellent work which people don't know about isn't there? This is it, unless you've got opportunities to come on the radio and for us in Community Action Network to shout about what you do um, you will only have a small, um, you know, service, you know, users will, will they, you get word of mouth, which is, of course, very, very important. But we do love to be able to shout about what the small guys are doing. Absolutely. When well, we're going to be showing Well, the time has come. Uh, the, the guests are sat here waiting patiently, <laughs> cameras at the ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was sort of expecting a film crew there today <laughs> as well, but I think that'll come later. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so shall I do the usual? Please. So uh, this month's uh, July, actually, mm-hmm. the Community Action Network uh, Community Hero is...
Inara Project. Inara Project, fantastic. Now, you'll have to tell us a wee bit about the Inara Project. I, I've got, obviously, some notes, and I'm going to be talking uh, to the two lovely ladies in the studio. That's uh, uh, Rajna and uh, Noishin, if I've got their names right. Uh, but, but why were they selected? They... Are, they formed as a group of friends and they their pitch um, when they wrote and they sent photographs of what they do to support people was all about helping people that they don't know yet and helping other people to come together as a community and support each other. But I don't say too much. They are the experts. They're going to, going to tell us. Well, that's the amazing uh, Queen there with friends that will be friends. And in fact, at the end of July, as you heard Hannah saying there, it is going to be the International Day of Friendship. And the organisation, the Anara Project, I'm delighted to say how have this uh, month been selected as the community here in the, in the spotlight are very much about friendship and I'm joined uh, by Rajna and Noshin uh, from the project. Welcome to you both. And Hi Blair. First, first time on radio for you? Yes, yeah. But you've been on, a, a little bird has told me that you've both been on television. We've been on television, but this is a first for us to be on radio. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Well, you're very welcome. Now, tell us a wee bit about, about the project. First of all, the name, uh, Inara Project. How did you come up with that? So, um, Inara means to illuminate in Arabic. Um, it comes from the root word nur, which is light, which means light. Um, and light has a huge concept um, in Islam. We are a Muslim charity um, and we want to be that light in the community, we want to illuminate community, we want to illuminate the, world, um, the way forward for women. Um, so, yeah, so that's the basis of our, um, our charity. So we thought, let's put it in the name. So how did it, uh, it all get started? I mean, who's, whose idea was that? That was yours, uh, Nasha? Well, we were a group of friends really to, to start with so actually it's, it's quite apt with, with World Friendship Day um, so we were a group of six friends who really kind of saw a gap in our community and really I'd say we, we started it for selfish reasons we, we felt like there wasn't something geared towards us particularly as a, as a BAME group um, when we grew up we all grew up in Dorset um, and we felt like there was, there was this gap of uh, opportunities for young BAME women um, and also an opportunity to get involved with charity works. That's something we, we were all interested in. So we all went off to university. We got involved with so many amazing organisations. And when we came back home, we, we really felt that, that there was that gap. Um, so when we came back, we thought it was during the pandemic as well, actually, when we really felt you, you do feel kind of cut off. Yeah, you do. You, mm. you want to do something, you want to give back in some way. And so it was November 2020 when we kind of got together and we came up with the idea. So there you were uh, filled with enthusiasts and friends together. Was it just the two of you or was the group a wee bit bigger? So there were six of us. Um, some of us have been friends for 20 years. Um, so it was that connection um, was definitely the basis of a really um, great organisation. Now, it's one thing having a great idea because obviously we wanted to do something had been fired up by university life which in itself is quite an experience isn't it because i guess you meet people from all backgrounds don't you and university um but how did you get it all started i mean what project did you latch onto as it were at the beginning 
So we started with, I think it was our, our care packages, wasn't it? I think we wanted to do something that was still relatively small, but very doable. And all we did was we, we made our social media and we just put out adverts saying we, we need items that can go towards uh, women that are in a women's shelter. So, But we didn't want to do the kind of typical, you know, toothbrushes and shower gels we thought let's try and make this a little bit nicer a little bit more luxe so actually it was really good we got some good donations we had a good charity reach out to us called beauty banks um, and they gave us loads of like luxury makeup and you know toiletries and all of that so that actually that really kind of kicked things off for us yeah and then how did you uh, decide on the recipients of those so you had a donor to give you those Mm. gifts and then uh, and then what about the recipients so being a women's charity primarily we wanted to find women to receive our packages so we went for um, the BCHA Women's Refuge um, and those were the recipients of our, of our first project Do you think that, that, that women can sometimes get a bit of a raw, raw deal? It's interesting because you're the third group just recently that I've interviewed uh, of people who have been encouraging women to do all sorts of things I mean, I would have thought as a maybe as an all-informed man that, that all that you guys do the female sex actually is appreciated, you know. But of course, it's not always the case, is it? That that women aren't always appreciated in the sense that 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 the role that you play and the essential role that you all play in society. Yes, I think. Um, we really believe that women are the pillars of society and there's that saying that if you teach a woman, you teach a society and a community. Um, so our message is to uplift women, uplift society. We really think that um, they're, not that they're undervalued, but they're also just um, not, um, so shown their own skills and they're not empowered to have confidence in themselves and to realise their true potential so we we want to provide that opportunity, we want to um, spark a light in their own lives and um, um, encourage them to be leaders and um, participators in their home lives in their schools, in their in their careers in their universities, in the community primarily um, and through that make a much fairer society so you just you just really get on with it, really, and and I, and I guess that people have really spotted what you do and said, you know what, I'd like to stand with you, you and and, and join in with what with what you do. What was it like in the early days? Because obviously you come up with the, uh, the those initial projects about beauty and about the beauty uh, items and so on. And what what were the most difficult things in the early days of the charity working? I think with any organisation, the first few days are quite difficult to kind of build up a following and build up volunteers I think the good thing about us being six people coming together usually I think organizations tend to be one or two people but because the six of us all kind of had our own um, backgrounds we came from we all went to different universities so we all had our own kind of community that we could draw from Um, so luckily it it picked up quite quickly because as we said we really did find this kind of a gap in the market and people really responded to that Fantastic. So you, you started with beauty. What was the, what was project number two then? I mean, so, I know you've done lots of projects. <laughs> mm. um, our second project was a community kitchen for refugee women and asylum-seeking women to come together and cook for the homeless. So they would um, come together once every two weeks um, at a church in Kinson, it was, um, and they would bring their own recipes from their own background. So we created dishes like dolma and Afghani pilau, um, and they would lead in the kitchen. We would just provide the space, the volunteers, the ingredients, um, and then they would lead the kitchen, they would lead the recipes um 
and we would provide around 40 meals for um, the homeless and then we would sit down and eat um, together as a little community which was really nice we had a crash service for kids to come along because that's a huge barrier for women um, not being able to find childcare especially in this day and age affordable so, child care, yeah, yeah, affordable childcare mm-hmm. so we pro- provided that as a free service so the children could come and be looked after and have, and they also to have a fun day out so um and we also have this thread that we kind of um, that goes through all of our projects is that we don't want our clients or service users to feel like they're the charity case. So they were volunteering, they were leading, they were choosing the recipes, they were giving back to the community. Um, so it was we really empowered them to feel like they were in charge and they were leading. Um, and that went on for about all of last year, which went really well. I love that word that you used there, uh, empowered. You know, uh, because obviously. There's that saying, isn't there, where if you give somebody a fish, they'll just mm-hmm. eat the fish, but teach them how to fish and they'll be exactly. set up for life, you know. In a way, that seems to be what you're doing right at the heart of the charity. Just that uh, you know, that, that last project you were talking about, I mean, obviously, there, there are quite a number of people who are uh, uh, you know, refugees seeking asylum here in the United Kingdom. And I guess to come into a, a totally different culture mm-hmm. is so, so difficult for them uh, so did you find very quickly that that people trusted you and, and actually began to build confidence as you talked about with with actually providing those meals and the recipes and so on I think it took a while to get them to trust us because they at first they're very hard to reach group especially female refugees and asylum seekers so they're they're very isolated they um they're not really they their English skills aren't um, up to par just yet and it takes sometimes it takes years for um, people to integrate within the community so um, it did it took a while but we've now created such a bond and relationship with them that they would come to any of our events and they that we know um, we know them in a holistic manner we um, we we provide services where we look at them as a whole person so we would provide them if they if they want someone to talk to if they need um, lifts to our events we'll pick them up um, we look um, help look after their children so um, we've now pr- created that relationship where they trust us and we we want them to trust us so in turn they trust the rest of the community because we know our community is great and we want them to see that too so um it's it's built that great relationship and they've really benefited from it Yes, first we need the love. What a great song. And uh, and today I'm focusing on the work of the Anara Project. They've been selected as the community hero in the Spotlight organisation, which is a great honour, of course, very well deserved by the, by the, the sound of it. Uh, now, there's so much we can talk about. I suppose one of the things I, I should ask you about is how you get the money to keep the projects running, because it must take quite a lot. You do a number of different projects and involve quite a range of people, but each one, I guess, has a financial challenges. Yeah, so most of our fundraising is actually from community fundraising. So we've yet to actually access a pot of funding from the council or the government. Um, Everything's come from our amazing donors and public donors. Um, so we mostly fundraise during the month of Ramadan, which is our month, holy month of fasting. Which um, that was April, wasn't it? It was around April this year. It does change every year. Um, and we each year we've raised about um, from 
between two thousand to four thousand pounds, which has helped us go um, and keep running every year. So it's our major fundraising year, um, and we're really thankful to all of our donors. Fantastic, and of course that would fit in with the whole theme of Ramadan, wouldn't it? And indeed Eid, which follows, because we're going to talk about that a wee bit later on. But I know there are two. One thing I did learn that I didn't know before, and I think Hannah was the same. I had no idea that there were two Eid festivals, you know. <laughs> but we'll talk about that a wee bit later on. So the, now the, that money, the, where does it come from? Is it from the people who have seen your work and thought, you know, this is really good and I want to support it? It actually comes from most of our communities. As Norshan was saying earlier, we've all got our own networks and um, our volunteers really push towards their communities. And the great thing about Ramadan is it's the month of giving in charity and there's so many blessings. So Muslims give... Um, are required to give about 2.5% of their um their income and their um to charity and that's and that's the minimum so we are muslims are so so um giving during the month of ramadan so we really um take advantage of that um so it can come from anyone who needs to needs to give their um their uh compulsory donations or they just looking for a cause to donate to and i think because a lot of our volunteers have that personal connection with anara they really push the story and people want to donate to that um that local cause and of course you know people do like to give to things that they really believe in don't they and things that they think are worthwhile and who's the lovely thing about your project is you can point to beneficiaries. Uh, we've only talked about two lots of beneficiaries, both the beauty project, you know, the, the, uh, the making of the meals and so on, and also the, uh, I suppose, the making contact with people if, who were seeking asylum and so on. All of all of those recipients, or the many projects that you, you do, I guess they're going to be your, your number one supporters as well as your community. Yeah, they they are they are actually um they just love to come to and attend our events. I think they just get what they want to get out of it and they they um they've become more like friends to us um and um we we tend to not ask them for donations. We just want them to benefit as much as possible. So that um and we want our community to support them and I think that's the kind of relationship that we have. Well, actually, it makes perfect sense then to use the whole season of Ramadan, which is about giving back to the to the community, isn't it? And uh, as as one of your major thrusts uh, uh, as well. And I suppose Eid helps you in that uh, as well. But we'll come back to that in a moment. In terms of volunteers, now I know people who who are part of your organisation don't. They're not all people who would be practicing uh, Islam faith. Uh, is the charity open to anybody who wants to come alongside you? Yeah, so even though we are we're we're a faith based charity, um, but we are open to absolutely anyone. So we have we have a lot of non Muslims in our organisation as well. Um, also not just local either. We've got volunteers all over the country that work for us remotely, um, and occasionally will come to visit as well and give us a nice little surprise. So <laughs> that's really lovely. But yeah, no, we're not we're not just for, open for Muslims. I think when we started in Ara, we wanted something that would cater for our beliefs. Um, which is why why we started it with with Islam as as a which is true of a lot of faith based organisations yeah. and they you start and you don't you don't apologise for what what you believe in and so on but obviously it's the practical outworking of that mm-hmm. isn't it but other of, of other people can come alongside you and how do you recruit them. Um, online mainly through our, our Instagram, our website. Um, we reach out to other organisations like Can, of, of course, for example, um, and they put out adverts for us. Um, Have you been to one of their volunteer exhibitions? Yeah, we were at the one in Bournemouth recently. We've had a few people interested, actually. It was really great to meet um, potential volunteers. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, tell us a wee bit about your latest project. 
So our latest project is called So Good. So that's S E W. So that's that's our sewing project.、Um, so we moved on from from the kitchen last year,、um, and we thought, what, what can we do that brings together vulnerable women?、Um, what skills do they have?、Um, so first of all, obviously, the kitchen it was cooking usually is is a universal skill amongst these women.、Um, And secondary to that, we came up with sewing. So this that's a skill that a lot of women have, but maybe they want to hone in on it a little bit more.、Um, so we've been doing that this year. Once a month, we've had sewing classes for.、Um, we've opened up not just re- refugees, but it's also for immigrant women or vulnerable women, anyone that would benefit from coming together and and. Doing a workshop with others, even if it's just to improve their English skills or、um, their communication, anything like that.、Um, so that's been going on, and it's working towards a showcase. Hopefully, at the end of the year, where hopefully we'll be able to sell some of their items. And as Rajni said earlier, we don't necessarily want the women to always be the the charity case. We want them to be able to、uh, return the favour, as it will. Oftentimes, you know, whenever the focus is in this case, the sewing is the is the focus of the New project, and and of course you you've had cooking, you've had homelessness, and so on. But often making that contact with people, they begin to open up. Once they trust you,、mm. they open up about all sorts of things. Have you found that that as the trust is built with the many many people that you've had contact with,、um, that they begin to share something of their lives with you? Yeah, I think、um, because they do trust us, and、um, they they've come to see us as. Friends and and sisters, we see each other as sisters,、um, and they they do ha- they have opened up about their past and their lives and their struggles, and we've even um, had um, uh, questions from some of our services about asking support with、um, visa visas and how like even support with using the computer, doing their own applications, writing their own CVs.、Um, so we are literally there for whatever their needs are,、um, and they. They have really opened up to us, and I suppose some of that gives you a clue as to what your next project can be. Because you, you can say, you know, if there's a need, like we mentioned CVs and so on, maybe the, your next one of your groups will be CV writing or whatever, you know. So you've you've clearly had this progression, you know. Do you have a bit of a vision as to where you you'd like to be? You know, if you、uh, obviously you've got your exciting new sewing project, how do you forward plan? So we we tend to think of so we actually were planning the sewing project three years in advance. So we do tend to think、um, quite a bit of preparation. <laughs> it is a lot a lot of time preparation.、Um, it's a lot of hard work,、um, and I think we. We really want to reach more women, and because of our lo-、um, a lot of our volunteers are remote, so we have loads of volunteers in Birmingham at the moment. We are hoping to open up branches in other cities, and、um, we hope and、uh, hope to、um, maybe open up societies and groups in schools and universities. And we want little Inara project communities around the UK because it's such a universal message.、Um, and the fact that we we have got these remote volunteers who who have felt like their their needs are not being met in those in their own local areas, and they find it in Dorset. Like the south of England, this tiny little community, and they're even willing to come down and support.、Um, and it, we even have an international volunteer who lives in Albania and is doing、um, writing policies for us. <laughs> it's, it's amazing just how universal the message is. So we just want to spread that. So we want to actually open up branches all over the country. It's incredible, isn't it? How with the internet? I mean, even now it's incredible that here we are sat in a studio in Bournemouth. I mean, this it can be heard all over the world because of that little thing called the internet. And I suppose it's the same for you as a charity. You know, so you you've been. I saw you were taking lots of photographs. Hannah was commenting on it, but presumably you use really good use of of Instagram and Facebook and all these these mediums of communication. 
Yeah, well, that was one of our goals from when when we first started our project. We thought if we're going to do this work, it needs to be seen because there's so many amazing organisations that we see even in within our local mosques, but it doesn't necessarily reach out to the right people because the marketing isn't there. So we always said we want to start as we mean to go on, and we want to start with a really professional-looking website. We want good social media, so we are quite hot on taking photos wherever we go and <laughs> videos. I think Raji's been live tweeting already. <laughs> um, so yeah, our, our website, I'll, I'll plug it now it's in our project.co.uk but if you google it you can find all of our social media handles fantastic and that's the place where people to go to find out about what you're doing and how they can support you and maybe yes. even better still how they can come and join you yeah there's links on there for how you can become a volunteer we have we've got a few adverts out at the moment we are looking um there's also links for donations as well so it's not just in ramadan <laughs> we accept donations all year long now from the point that you started as a group of six <laughs> friends and uh, with a vision and wanting to to, to do something a few years have, have passed a lot of water under the bridge as you look back on where you are right now uh, are you really encouraged about about the various projects that you've been able to undertake and the the fact that the money has been there for them yeah i think we've been really lucky that people have really resonated with our with our message um I think we've we've been taken by surprise but also we we knew that this gap was there so we're just really happy that people have really resonated with it fantastic well obviously this is the season of Eid for the completely uninitiated who know nothing about Eid you mentioned Ramadan as well uh, what is the festival of Eid so Eid just means um, a day to celebrate. So um, we have in Islam, we have two days of Eid um, in the year. Um, the first one is after the end of the month of Ramadan. Um, and that's celebrating the end of 30 days of fasting. So it's a big one. Um, and then this one is to commemorate the um, the sacrifice um, of um, Muslims to, um, that they take for the sake of God. So um at the moment, um, I'm not sure if anyone's aware, but there are about 2.5 million um, pilgrims um, in ha- doing Hajj, the pilgrimage in, Sa- um, in Mecca in Saudi Arabia at the moment. And um, today's, today would be the last day. So today is the day they're celebrating this this um, sacrifice that they took in the name of the Prophet Abraham, who um, who um, built the, um, the Kaaba um, in Mecca, who... Um, he so there's a story of him um going up the mountain um being asked to sacrifice his son um and he was willing to do it because he was willing to take that sacrifice um but instead um god stopped at the last minute and um and asked him to sacrifice um i think it was a ram at the in, in the end and in that same vein we actually um sacrifice um lambs and goats and animal um and cows and that meat goes to the poor it gets distributed fairly so that's one of our compulsory acts that we do during this Eid but this Eid is all about celebrating that sacrifice what have we sacrificed for the sake of God and how can we celebrate it today well thank you for the sacrifice that you're both making in terms of your time and your effort on all the people who work with you and uh, you'll have to come back and tell us some more uh, as your projects develop and, and I wish you really well is the sewing project has it started it started at the beginning of this year, so it started in January. We're hoping to go on till the end of December when we'll do our showcase, hopefully. 